after months of speculation, this age of Jonathan Hickman-written X-Men comics comes to a fiery conclusion with 2021's Inferno event. While the sudden departure of Hickman from the X office is a bittersweet turn for fans of the X-Men's new status quo, it's nonetheless hugely exciting to see an event-sized follow-up to the game-changing House of X Powers of Ten from 2019. Inferno will follow up on the mutant revelations of Moira X, the role of Mystique and Destiny in shaping the mutant nation of Krakoa, and the threat of Nimrod, among many other X threats. Although the core event is only four issues at 160 pages, it's a full-sized event series that promises to vigorously shake up X-Men comics in 2022. Today I'll answer, what is the essential info in comics to prep you for this event? What theories and clues tell us about where Inferno might be heading? What comes after the Hickman era of X-Men? Hey everybody, I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. You're listening to Crack and Krakoa. If you like the Comic Book Herald YouTube channel and podcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and commenting. You can find reading orders for the full Hickman era of X-Men over on ComicBookHerald.com. Links here in the show notes for all of the recommended reading in the exact chronological order as I've gone through this experience live. Some mild spoilers for what's come in the X-Men era so far may follow, although in general, I'm trying to talk about this for somebody who is looking to jump into this event fresh. What is Inferno? Well, the X-Men event series promises to deliver answers to many of the mysteries throughout the past two-plus years of X-Men stories. Likewise, the theme of the event promos is that secrets, lies, and betrayals will rule the day, as allies, enemies, and leaders alike can't be trusted. The mutant nation of Krakoa has offered the promise of paradise for mutant kind, but it's likely that here in Inferno we'll see that promises come burning to the ground. Marvel is perpetually teasing that an event changes everything, but there's a real sense with Inferno that it will genuinely change the landscape of what we can come to expect from X-Men comics in 2022. If you want the most complete road to catching up on X-Men comics and appearances of mutants in the Marvel Universe, then Comic Book Herald's Hickman X-Men reading order is the absolute best bet. I've been documenting every single X-Men comic since House of X Powers of Ten kicked off the era, including mutant appearances in comics outside the X-Line, and you can find that whole link in the show notes. You do not have to have read everything to appreciate and enjoy Inferno, though. But for those of you energized by the potential of this new era of X-Men comics, the full guide is the most complete experience you'll find anywhere. Now, that said, if you want to try to fast-track the experience to set the stage for Inferno, the single most important read and starting point for all of this is House of X and Powers of Ten by Jonathan Hickman, R.B. Silva, Pepe Larraz, and Marty Gracia. These 12 issues redefine what X-Men comics look like for the 2020s and provide the crucial, crucial background for the major roles of Moira McTaggart, Destiny, Mystique, and all the other major players in Inferno. This is also the kickoff of the mutant nation of Krakoa, where all the familiar X-Men heroes and villains of comics yesteryear currently reside. Crucially, House and Powers also marks the first time Inferno was teased as an impending event by a curiously omniscient Sinister Secrets. These are Mr. Sinister's basically gossip magazine, okay? The impending burning of Krakoa has really been hiding in plain sight since the intro event. I believe this was in Powers of Ten, number five, or maybe number four. Now, throughout the Dawn of X, we've also seen a handful of the teased utterances of this phrase, from Vulcan teasing the Inferno that burns inside of him. Could this signify Vulcan's mysterious alien 
seeing captors in the Cancerverse will play a role in Inferno, I think it might, to an epigraph from Professor X at the beginning of an issue of Hellions, one of my favorite X-Men series during this era, teasing the threat AI, artificial intelligence, plays to mutant kind in the era of Krakoa. Anytime a character says the word, it's a hint they may have a larger role to play in this giant event, and that has been sprinkled throughout the last couple of years of X-Men comics. Now, in House of X, we learn that Moira McTaggart, longtime human ally of the X-Men and romantic interest of Professor Charles Xavier, is actually a mutant, with the mutant ability to relive lifelines with the full knowledge of the lives she's lived before. In Life 3, Moira views her mutant abilities as a curse and works to develop a cure, leading to Destiny, Mystique, and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, burning her and her research to the ground. This sets up Destiny as the core antagonist for Moira, since Destiny's precognitive abilities allow her to see what Moira is planning and act accordingly if it isn't for the benefit of mutant kind. This is why, in Moira's current life, the Krakoa era, which we understand to be Life 10, Moira tells Professor Rex and Magneto that Destiny cannot be resurrected on Krakoa. Specifically, she says that no precogs can be allowed on Krakoa because they cannot tolerate mutants who can see the future. So not only Destiny, but also characters like Blindfold have been kept out of this Krakoa era of comics. That's pretty foreboding, and clearly hints at something dark Moira wants to keep a secret from the rest of mutant kind. The hope is that we'll learn exactly what that could be, in the pages here of this Inferno event, again, Hickman's conclusion to his story. Following House and Powers, Hickman wrote the flagship X-Men comic for 21 issues. It's a scattershot run, with Hickman, you know, initially planned to sort of Scott Summers travelogue through Krakoa, but there are two entries that connect most directly to what's coming in Inferno. Issues 6 and 20 of the X-Men series follow up on the events of House of X number 3 and number 4 and tell the story of Mystique returning to Orcus, the uh, villainous, uh, basically shield-like entity that in the, it has the interest of humanity at heart to ensure no Nimrod can come online. Crucially, these two issues also reveal Mystique's journey to see Destiny, her wife, and the precognitive archenemy of Moira X, resurrected with Magneto and Professor X's tacit approval. Mystique is manipulated and rejected by Professor X and Magneto, who at no point have any real intention of granting her what she wants. Needless to say, there's a reason heading into Inferno that Mystique will be looking to burn the island to the ground. Honestly, there's a strong argument to be made that House, Powers, and these two issues of X-Men, again, number 6 and number 20, are the only essential issues for the most direct fast track to Inferno. In these issues, we learn that before her death, Destiny forewarned Mystique of Krakoa and gave her instructions that if they wouldn't resurrect her, to burn that place to the ground. This is clearly a major driving motivation heading into Inferno, and anything short of Destiny's resurrection will feel like a bait and switch. I'm extremely excited to see this character back in X-Men comics and all that means for Moira and the Krakoa ruling body. At the conclusion of X-Men number 20, we're given only our second and most detailed glimpse of what Moira X has been up to since House and Powers, okay? Finding her rereading Destiny's diaries, or reading perhaps for the first time, preparing for her grand plans. This cements the inextricable link between Moira and Destiny, Moira refusing her presence, but trying to leverage all her predictions, right? She is interested in the information, but does not actually want Destiny herself around to act, and assures they will have strong connections in in Inferno. Now, what are Destiny's Diaries? Why is it a big deal that Moira is seen here reading them? Again, 
no speaking. We get literally not a line of dialogue from Moira in the entire Dawn of X, in the entire post-House and Powers comics experience, but she's reading Destiny's Diaries. What are they? Well, they're an early 2000s Chris Claremont concept with Destiny, Irene Adler, documenting all her visions of the future as they rush to her when her mutant precognitive powers manifested. Now, it's a crucial detail of Claremont's here that these visions are not a lock to happen. As Claremont puts it, her challenge was to determine which scenario was the true timeline and which was the most desirable, and if necessary, bring the two together. I imagine this is exactly what Moira is doing as well, and it's in selecting the quote-unquote most desirable timeline where we see, you know, the visions of Moira and Destiny could, and of course probably would, clash. Following up on these same two issues in the Seeds of House and Powers, we can see in teased Inferno covers that Nimrods will play a role in Krakoa's potential destruction as well. In Powers of Ten, we see a Nimrod in Moira's ninth life as the ultimate manifestation of mutant extermination protocols, you know, of the Sentinel program at its peak capacity, essentially, and the absolute danger of machine AI towards mutants. In X-Men 20, Mystique fails, perhaps purposely, from preventing a Nimrod coming online in Moira's tenth life. The activation of the Nimrod seems prompted Magneto and Professor X to escalate their plans, moving forward with the claiming of Mars as Planet Arako, the capital of the mutant soul system, in the Hellfire Gala's planet-sized X-Men comic, and it's this activation that also prompts their visit to Moira. So make no mistake, we'll be seeing Nimrods threatening mutant kind in Inferno in a return to that villain. The other relevant piece, one of the major relevant pieces here, is Emma Frost's grand plan, which I would sort of sprinkle here throughout Marauders 21, X-Force number 20, X-Men number 21, Planet Size X-Men, Sword number 6, and Hellions number 15. Again, the links are all included on the Road to Inferno guide on CBH. From previews and covers, it appears we can expect a huge role for Emma Frost, as the Quiet Council member and powerful mutant psychic uncovers more and more of the secrets at the heart of Krakoa. Emma seems to be the most aware of Professor X and Magneto's machinations, as well as Dawn of X threads like Beast's covert missions in X-Force and Mr. Sinister's clone farms in the pages of Hellions. There's a fair amount to Emma's full journey in this era, primarily in the pages of Marauders. Nonetheless, for fast-track purposes, I mentioned above the crucial issues of the Hellfire Gala, the Grand Party, Emma Frost planned, and the most recent X-Men crossover before Inferno. There's a real sense that Inferno could end with Emma straight up driving the council on Krakoa or whatever new form of government, perhaps less secretive, more democratic, or alternatively team up with Mystique to form a new mutant nation. This is definitely supported by the teaser image of Emma wearing Charlie X's Cerebro helmet in Inferno. Expect big things from Emma Frost. Now, who else can we expect big things from? Well, during his X-Men run, Hickman wrote five giant-sized specials starring Jean Grey and Emma Frost, Nightcrawler, Phantom X, Storm, and Magneto. While four of the issues largely connect to the story of Storm's infection by the Children of the Vault and potential future cosmic threats, the Magneto issue stands alone. In the issue, Magneto provides a favor for Emma Frost, setting the stage for the Hellfire Gala, but there's also an open-ended mystery related to Namor and Atlantis. This may not come up again, but Marvel's Inferno teaser shows Magneto visiting his Squid Temple. BTW, longtime X-Men fans know Magneto has a Squid Temple. And there's a fair amount of unresolved mystery with Namor in this era throughout, you know, really since House of X. It could well be worth a refresher to see exactly what Magneto and Namor were doing in that giant size X-Men issue below the depths of the ocean, again, in the, the some hidden temple of Atlantis. 
Consider here as well that as Inferno launches, Magneto's in the midst of The Trial of Magneto, a five-issue mini-event by Leo Williams and Lucas Wernick. The first two issues are released prior to Inferno, and it's unclear whether the timing of these stories will overlap or not, as both will see conclusion through the end of 2021. But assuming the timing will overlap in terms of story, Magneto's pretty clearly persona non grata on Krakow at this point, and has basically forsaken the Council and the Nation in an effort to see his daughter, the Scarlet Witch, or his once and future daughter, see her resurrected. If we're seeing Magneto returning to the Squid Base, well, that checks out with what we're seeing here as Crow of Fractures and the leadership unravels. Now, you may be wondering, what about the original Inferno event? Marvel's original 1989 Inferno was also, appropriately, the culmination of Chris Claremont's years in the making X-Epic, resolving long-running threads such as magic ruling Limbo, Madeline Pryor's connections to Jean Grey, and whether or not Havoc would look his absolute best in Goblin Prince BDSM gear. The answer, of course, being absolutely. I anticipate you will not need to read the original event to understand the 2021 version. Much like Hickman's 2015 Secret Wars is more a spiritual successor to 1984-85's original, I expect the new Inferno may take thematic inspiration, but little direct plot follow-up. That said, Inferno's quite good, especially when you've gone on the full journey of reading Chris Claremont's X-Men, and there is a decent chance that Madeline Pryor returns and provides some t connective tissue between the events. Just a theory of mine. So if you're all in on binging X-Books, it's a non-necessary but enjoyable choice. Speaking of the return of Madeline Pryor, the solicits for Hellions number 18 tell us that Maddie will return, adding credibility to my long-running theory that the longtime clone of Jean Grey could make a return in time for 2021's Inferno event, perhaps this time on the side of angels instead of demons like she was in 1989's. Less exciting, Hellions number 18 will also mark the final issue in the series, in this excellent, excellent series, at least this volume of it, kicking off the end of what I imagine will be most X-Men comics through Inferno. That's what we can expect after Inferno, right? That's what's coming in 2022, is that the world of X-Men comics will look vastly different, with the majority of titles either ending, relaunching, or recasting to reflect the new era that's going to come out of it. One of the new launches we can expect is the solicited Sabretooth number one from Victor Laval and Leonard Kirk, a series I called literal months ago and one that I expect will be excellent given Laval's incredible track record as a novelist and writing comics. This announcement also but you know, all but confirms that we'll see Sabretooth freed from exile in Inferno and may get our first glimpses of his exile in the pit and Krakoan no spaces where he is trapped. This is another lingering House of X mystery, as last we saw Sabretooth, he was cast into endless imprisonment by the Mutant Quiet Council, and then they went on to form laws basically around his punishment to sort of justify it. Most notably in January following Inferno, the X-Men line will primarily revolve around a two-month weekly series by Ben Percy and Joshua Kassara called X Lives of Wolverine, X Deaths of Wolverine, the X of course possibly standing for 10. Now the weekly format of two interlocking series is meant to reflect House and Powers, and Ben Percy has described the event as his attempt to tell the greatest Wolverine story ever told. I'm hopeful the event will take a look at Wolverine's role across Moira's various lifelines, but it may instead just look at the long life and history of the character in this established Marvel continuity. Either way, it is what we expect will spiral out of the ashes of Inferno, and then we'll lead into what promises to be a quite different era of X-Men comics. You know, I think the Dawn of X and the Reign of X and what we've known of Krakoa and House and Powers, that is all going to change. That is all going to become something new as Jonathan Hickman's vision sort of, you know, again, culminates here in this Inferno event and evolves to something else for the remainder 
of the X office. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope this was a helpful Road to Inferno guide, an event I am very, very excited to read. Thanks in particular to those of you over on Patreon.com slash who support the site and the work that I do here. Uh, thanks to the Mysterious Benefactors. Thank you, Jesse W., Megan Getman, Cole Weathers, Martin Lopez, Brent Bowser, Professor X3769, Richard Renz, Adam, Chris Merkvicka, Verosimilitude, Terranort, Ed Mackey, Clyde DeGlide, Pinball Drew, Mike Solomons, Matt Mahoney, John Samander, and Joshua Bentley. Thank you all for your generous support. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff on comicbookherald.com. Again, check the show notes for all the links to the reading orders and guides here. You can find me at comicbookherald on social, primarily on Twitter. Look for Best Comics Ever and My Marvelous Year podcast for more from me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, enjoy the comics. <laughs>